Here we go, getting you ready for week 11. It's San Francisco 49ers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers crossover Thursday style. Locked on 49ers, locked on Bucks. Biggest stories, key matchups coming at you right now. You are locked on 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode as we do on Thursdays. Locked On 49ers and Locked On Bucks. Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers with James Yarko of Locked On Bucks at BD Peacock at JYarko underscore Bucks on Twitter. Thank you so much for all the everydayers out there. You can find us uh, everywhere you find your podcast and, of course, on YouTube. And as we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, today's episode of this Crossover Thursday, as all Crossover Thursdays are, is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code, all lowercase, locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. What's happening, James? A very interesting team you got going over there in Tampa. They're traveling 3,000 miles to Santa Clara to play the 49ers who uh, were red hot then ice cold and had a buy in her in her hot again. Uh, what's the biggest storyline for those Tampa Bay Buccaneers here entering week 11? Well, I mean, over the, the last couple of crossovers, the storyline has been how can they pull out of this tailspin that they're in after the bye week? And now the biggest story around the Buccaneers is that regardless of what happens on Sunday, they're still in the thick of the playoff race. So after they play the 49ers, the Buccaneers get the Colts, Panthers, Falcons, Packers, Jaguars, Saints, and Panthers. So being a half game out of first place right now, one and one in the division with four divisional games remaining, two at home, two on the road. And San Francisco is one of two remaining opponents that they have that are above 500. Now the Saints are 500, but... They've already lost to the Buccaneers once. So the Bucs being a, a game and a half behind the Vikings, but have a head-to-head tiebreaker there. And, and while most people think that this is going to be a walkaway 49ers win, um, it doesn't actually hurt the Buccaneers over the long run if they lose this game, which kind of adds an interesting dynamic that they get to walk into this game with absolutely nothing to lose. And, and, you know, things that Dave Canales may have kept in his back pocket, he can pull out in this game and, and really pull out all the tricks and, and leave everything out there because it ultimately in the long run isn't going to hurt them really, really bad if they do what everyone thinks they're going to do and lose this game. Yeah, that's what's interesting. And it's a, what the last I looked at at FanDuel, the line was 11 and a half. The 49ers are favored at home against those Bucks. And yeah, you, nothing to lose if you're the Buccaneers. Go in there and, and play your butts off and, and go steal a game from the 49ers. And it, it does have potential for, to be a trap game for the Niners, mm-hmm. who have the most important part of their schedule coming up the next three weeks. Short week, Thanksgiving at the Seattle Seahawks. Both those teams are 6-3 and three going into Week 11. And then you've got the, the rematch NFC Championship game, the game that they never really actually got to play because they had no quarterback against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then uh, another game against the Seahawks right after that. So uh, it's a huge stretch for the 49ers. you got to be careful here if you're the Niners, riding high off a big win, dominating the, the, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars last week to not overlook the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of the opponents that are behind them. So some some trap game vibes for the 49ers here. And we're, we know how the NFL is, James. I mean, it, it's chaos. It's chaos every single week. You think, oh, nine and a half. We know who's going to win this football game. And all of a sudden, 
boop, boop, ball bounce is funny. And oh, no, this is a much different ball game than we all expected. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you, you don't really have to look any further than kind of what the Buffalo Bills have been going through, right? They were constantly talked about as being Super Bowl contenders. And then all of a sudden they're struggling against the Giants. They're you know, struggling against the Buccaneers and, and all of a sudden you don't really know who they are. So it's one of those, you know, any given Sunday kind of games, but it's something that uh, we talked about on yesterday's episode of Locked on Bucks that, yeah, this does have the makings of a trap game because of those two upcoming games against Seattle, including the one on Thanksgiving. So it's a short week. They they're probably looking at the 35 to seven win that they had over the Bucks last year. Tom Brady's gone. You know, this this should be an easy game for the 49ers. And, you know, as I as I said on Locked on Bucks, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. So in the words of Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. Hey, and in the words of Steve Young, using a, a term from Star Wars, he said that Brock Purdy has the force. So you got to you got to with not only uh, not only humans out there, but maybe some some extra things at play in the universe when the when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers offense right now and yeah thanks for reminding me about the the game last year that was the what the heck are we seeing who is this guy game for Brock Purdy because the big story was Tom Brady coming into town and the entire stadium is chanting Brock Purdy's name as the 49ers are running up the score on Tom Brady's team Brock Purdy's dad is in in the stands and he's got tears coming down his eyes as the stadium is is chanting his son's name in and Brock Purdy's going crazy, and we're like, what is happening right now? Is this really happening? And Brock Purdy proved it wasn't a fluke. Like, he's still playing like he did last year and like he did during the five-game stretch, and really it's kind of been overblown. Maybe some of his poor play during the three-game losing streak, he's really just kind of been the same guy, and it's been impressive, very impressive to watch. And, and really it started with that Buccaneers game last year where you had to start taking notice of me. Like, this is wild. I can't believe this is really happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. But but for the Locked On Bucks listeners, what's the biggest thing going on with the San Francisco 49ers? You mentioned kind of the hot cold, then they come out of the bye and really just blow the doors off of Jacksonville. So what's what's the big story there in San Francisco? Yeah. And uh, the the a big portion of the fan base was really start like you, you lose one game. It's like, ah, good defense bad weather, Cleveland, whatever that happens. Then you lose on Monday Night Football. It's like, oh, that, that didn't look great. But the interceptions happen late after Brock Purdy was concussed. So maybe you're, you're just like, it's not that big of a deal. And then really just got beaten pretty soundly by the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you have a bye week to think about all of it. And so there was a lot of fans that were a little bit worried. Like, maybe this team isn't as good as we thought. Maybe it's Brock Purdy. Maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's like, what's going on? Why is the defense not tackling? We're going to move Steve Wilkes from the booth down to the sideline. And then after the bye week, they go to Jacksonville and just completely thump the the Jaguars and look exactly like the team we saw in the first five weeks that looked almost unbeatable. So right now, I think 49ers fans, I think probably inside the building, they're they're kind of riding high right now and, and really confident coming into this matchup in week 11, which you don't want to be overconfident for, as we just mentioned, because you have to avoid that uh, that trap game. Um, the the Bucks have been a weird team because I, I covered the entire NFL here on the network doing the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, and I watch as much football as I can. And I've seen a lot of Buccaneers but I, I haven't seen every snap of every Bucks game. And I'm watching this team, and I think I know who they are. And the next week's like, oh, yeah, I like that. And next week's like, oh, what's going on here? You know, it's, like, it's kind of one step forward, one step back. And nobody mm -hmm. wants to go take that division for the second straight year. Uh, what, what, what's going on with this big picture? And I want to get into some individual matchups next. What is happening with the Bucks right now, big picture? Why is it so up and down with that team this year? 
honestly, I wish I had the answer for you. It it seems like they are allergic to having both sides of the football play well in the same week. Now, yeah. week. now you saw glimpses of it against the Titans. You saw glimpses of it against the New Orleans Saints. Um, you know where they they held the defense held both of those teams out of the end zone. The Buccaneers were able to put up solid points, but then you know you have a week like the the Houston game where they put up 37 points and still lost, and it snapped a 35 game win streak when the Buccaneers scored 37 points or more. Um, and you know, it it just kind of seems like when one thing is going really well, something else is falling apart and and you can point to a lot of self-inflicted wounds for this team consistent and constant pre-snap penalties you're getting uh you know holding calls on on big runs and and big gains and most of the time they're away from where the ball carrier is so they don't even affect the play but they still continue to shoot themselves in the foot and you know, last week against the Titans, you see Baker go deep to to Devin Tompkins into double, triple coverage. It gets intercepted. Then they manage to gain nine yards on their next six plays, back-to-back, three and out. So it seems like Canales likes to pull these, these you know explosive play attempts out, and when they don't work, he kind of goes into a shell and gets too conservative to overcompensate. So I a lot of it still has, you know, something to do with Dave Canales trying to find his groove as a play caller. But on the flip side, there's no excuse for the defense who has been together as long as they have to play as poorly as they have over stretches of time. All right. Some specific matchups we got to get to in this game. Uh, Nick Bosa versus Baker Mayfield. that dates all the way back to their college days and how the heck did the 49ers defend Mike Williams and a whole lot more coming up next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Bucks is brought to you by DoorDash. Is it the two-minute warning? Well, that's time. That's a warning timer for ordering yourself some DoorDash. Did the game go to timeout? Well, that's another time to order DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time with DoorDash. You got it. That is your cue for ordering in when you're watching your favorite team play NFL football this Sunday. For me, uh, the best football food that uh, that I know of in the city of San Francisco is uh, the Keysar Pub, the Bullet Bourbon Wings. They're my favorites. Uh, James, what's the go-to in Tampa to DoorDash? I'm all about the Cuban sandwich and potato balls from Cuban Express. They are so good. I don't know anything about potato balls, but massive fan over here of Cubano sandwiches. So I'm all in on that one. You can't root for your team on an empty stomach. Order DoorDash and save on all of your football watch party favorites and a special offer for our listeners. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off, up to $10 value. When you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app, just enter promo code LOCKED23. So really interesting, because I, I had already planned on talking about Nick Bosa versus Baker Mayfield, the, the wave in the flag that happened uh, with Oklahoma and Ohio State. And then it happened with the 49ers when they when they beat the, uh, when the, the Cleveland Browns and Nick Bosa had the fake flag after sacking Baker Mayfield, sticking in the, the turf at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. But I was actually a little bit surprised today after I had planned to talk about this, Nick Bosa was asked about that very thing in front of his locker after practice. And he said that he's buried the hatchet with Baker Mayfield. He's chalked up the 2019 as a rookie having fun, chirping. Uh, and Bosa said that he actually met Baker Mayfield this past offseason at the Waste Management Open Golf Tournament in Arizona and said, quote, 
he's nice about Baker Mayfield. So um, the other thing is one of Bosa's Ohio State teammates, Chase Young, is now on the team and he's rushing from the other side. And uh, I don't know if he thinks that Baker Mayfield's nice. Uh, and so um, I don't know. There still might be a little bit extra and uh, anything to get pumped up, whether it's a chip on your shoulder from something that happened in the past, feeling slided. NFL players are always looking for that extra juice, that thing they put on the on the bulletin board. So I'm still excited to see Bosa and, uh, and Chase Young rush their old college nemesis in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, see, here's the thing, because I, I live close to Ohio State. And there are a lot of, of Buckeye fans, also a lot of Bengals fans that hated Baker Mayfield because he was a Brown. Yeah. But then they also hated Baker Mayfield because he was such a jerk and he planted the flag in the in the O and blah, 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 blah. Ohio State fans and apparently Ohio State players seem to forget that they started it. When they beat Oklahoma the year before and the entire team went out to midfield and jumped up and down on the Oklahoma logo, mm. that's where Baker, in retaliation, planted the flag in the O. So if you're going to start something, maybe don't get upset when it blows up in your face. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, excuse me. It's the Ohio State University. Yeah, no, it's not. Very much not. <laughs> I refuse. James is inundated with just uh, Ohio State nonsense living living in that area. That's that's funny. But uh, but you do have to block those guys. So what's it looking like up front for the Bucks? Look, I mean, Tristan Wirfs is arguably the best left tackle in the NFL this season. And and I realize that there is a future Hall of Fame left tackle on the field for the San Francisco 49ers. But to make the transition that Tristan Wirfs did from the right side to the left side and to be PFF's highest graded left tackle in the NFL says a lot about his ability. And, and he really has been absolutely phenomenal. The biggest concern was Luke Gedeke, who was a turnstile at guard for this Buccaneers team last year. He has been outstanding at right tackle, which was his natural position, but he was undersized by NFL standards. So they moved him inside and it, it didn't work. They moved him back to his natural position and he absolutely stonewalled Cam Jordan. He absolutely stonewalled Aiden Hutchinson. He has been phenomenal. The problem is now he's dealing with a foot injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday. So this is something that's lingering a little bit. And when you're going up against a, a duo like Young and Bosa, you need both of your bookends to be at 100%. So a little bit concerning that Gedeke's dealing with that injury. But overall, the, the pass protection for Tampa has been really, really good. And when it's faltered, Baker has worked his magic and, and evaded a lot of sacks and turned them into positive opportunities. But it's it's been the run blocking that's the problem, not the pass blocking. So I'm, I'm not too worried um, about Werf's ability. The injury of Gedeke concerns me. And you, you mentioned the run blocking there, so that's also huge because you don't want to put your quarterback uh, in you know those third and long situations and, and force those tackles to to block for a long time. And so that's what the 49ers like to do. They want to stop the run, put you in those situations and rush not only with their guys on the outside, but Armstead and uh, really, really good game. One of the best games of the year so far for um, Javon Hargrave on the inside last week as well. So lots to deal with up front for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and you mentioned Baker Mayfield and his big game hunting, the explosives. And I mean, uh, how do you even defend Mike Evans if you're if you're the 49ers? It's tough. Evans is on pace for a, a career year. He's averaging over 17 yards a reception, over 80 yards a game. 
and and he missed more than half of one of those games and he's tied for the fifth most receptions of 20 plus yards this season so he has been absolutely phenomenal and and i think what the what the 49ers are going to do obviously is focus on mike evans because throwing the deep passes to trey palmer and devin Tompkins this year hasn't really worked chris godwin has been that move the sticks guy that intermediate to short routes the the sure-handed just keep the ball moving guy his target, he's on pace for his fewest targets per game since 2018. So he's not getting a ton of, of looks in this Dave Canales offense. Kate Otten's uh, targets per game have have increased you know, each week since the bye. So he's starting to get a little bit more involved. But what the Bucs are going to do in order to open up Mike Evans, who's going to garner probably double teams all day long, is they've been doing that running through the air with Rashad White with these little you know one yard dump offs that Rashad White's able to create plays with his legs and and he's right on the tails of Christian McCaffrey in pretty much every running back receiving metric there is outside of touchdowns so that tells you you know his his uh expected yards per reception is sky high um you know things of, of that nature so Utilizing that kind of as their running game has really opened things up for Mike downfield, as we've seen throughout games over the course of the last month. So stay on top of Mike Evans, tackle Rashad White uh, in the short passing game. That that that's uh, sounds like uh, some pretty pretty big keys for the 49ers. I like the matchup of Charvarius Ward just because he's a bigger corner against Mike Evans. But I have a feeling, uh, and, and it looks like the 49ers after the bye made a switch to putting Delmador Lenore inside in the slot in place of Isaiah Oliver and, and utilizing the number 20 Ambry Thomas on the outside. I have to imagine they're going to want to attack that side of the field and, and get Mike Evans on Ambry Thomas. So uh, probably a lot of Tashawn Gibson over the top. We'll see how that ends up working out, but uh, it's a really fun matchup. And um, uh, the number 20 might have a target on his back in this game. I have, I have a little bit of a feeling because I'm not sure if the Jaguars expected necessarily, or if Lawrence had the time to really throw uh, much down the field, and so with this uh, with this group up front for the Bucks, might they might have a little bit more uh, chance to get the ball out down the field and create some of those some of those big plays. Um, any other keys to victory for you here before we move on to uh, to the final segment and maybe make a couple of um, a couple of predictions? I, I will say one thing, obviously, that you know every game we can talk about with the 49ers is Kyle Shanahan's going to try to run the ball. So, what's that run defense looking like for the Bucks? The run, the run defense has been absolutely fantastic, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Devin White and Levante David to really keep McCaffrey in check. And and something that 49ers fans may not know is back when Christian McCaffrey was with Carolina, there was a mic'd up segment that was released where Devin White was the one that was mic'd up, and Christian McCaffrey came up to him after he had been stuffed by Devin two plays a row, and he goes, "You know, you're the best linebacker in the NFL, right?" But Devin hasn't played that way over the course of the last few years. He had a breakout game against the Titans. It was really his first impactful game since week one against the Vikings. But it's going to be on Devin White and, and Levante David to keep that running game in check. They just held Derrick Henry to his lowest yard total since 2017. Like they're they're playing really well in run defense. So the problem is. McCaffrey is also a huge weapon in in the passing game. So with White's tendency to over pursue in the run game, San Francisco can exploit that pretty easily with all of the weapons that they have there. So the the Bucks run defense is going to be good, 
but it's the passing defense that really makes you worry. And with a with a running back like McCaffrey, obviously he's he's a home run threat on a screen pass, let alone, you know, as a as a running back. All right, we're gonna try to um talk about the paths to victory next. Like what's it gonna look like for a Bucks win? What's it gonna look like for a 49ers win? Some predictions as well to finish up this locked on 49ers, locked on Bucks crossover episode next. Today's episode of Locked on 49ers and Locked on Buccaneers is brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace case. Whether you're on an extended travel vacation, maybe you don't have cell phone service in a remote area where you're traveling with you and your loved ones, bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friends, with Jace Medical. Thanks to our partners at JaceMedical.com. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics like Cialis, Viagra, and more prescriptions are available. All you got to do is go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout as well for a discount. And what one verified customer said about Jace is, quote, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills in half just to have them. I ordered most of my daily meds with a one-year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKED for uh, locked on excuse me that's promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase again jacemedical.com promo code locked on for twenty dollars off your purchase all right james one thing i like to ask uh the opposing hosts when we're doing our our crossover episodes is you know we talk a lot about the big names but are there any secret superstars on the buccaneers maybe a player that can make a play here or there that not a lot of people know nationally that 49ers fans might want to look out for on sunday for the Bucs, that one's easy. It's Christian Izian. He's an undrafted rookie corner out of Rutgers that has become their starting slot corner. And he's been outstanding, not only in coverage, but he comes in on corner blitzes quite a bit, and he gets home. He he has a nose for the football. Um, he was the one, I, I don't know if, if Niners fans will remember or paid attention, but back in week one, the Bucs got an interception where K.J. Osborne had the ball literally stripped out of his hands at the goal line. That was Christian Izian. Those are the kinds of plays that he has made this year. So he's not only good in coverage, he's good against the run. He comes in on blitzes and he gets there quickly. So he is absolutely, uh, you know, kind of that, you know, not Mike Evans, not Antoine Winfield Jr., or Devin Urvita or those guys. But he's a name that you're going to hear a couple of times on on Sunday for good reasons for the Buccaneers. Well, that's fantastic. I would say probably the secret superstar for the 49ers this year. They have so many big name guys is punter Mitch Wisnowski. I mean, he's dropping punts in the 20 uh, inside the 20. He dropped one at the one yard line last week. And, and for a team that likes to run the ball, play defense and have that complimentary football field position is a big part of that. And uh, Mitch Wisnowski has been been fantastic this year for the 49ers. And I'll add to it, John Feliciano, who stepped in for Aaron Banks to play left guard last week when Banks out, he's going to play left guard again this year. I don't think he's going to re relinquish a starting job. He'll relinquish left guard, I think, to Aaron Banks, but he might end up starting at right guard. Feliciano, a free agent pickup, has been really nice for the 49ers, and uh, I think he might stick in the lineup. All right, James, how do the Bucs win this football game? What's this look like? What's the script for the Bucs to win Sunday against the 49ers? I mean, honestly, it's really, really simple. 
they have to be perfect. You know, what? what's easier than that? Be perfect. They can't hurt themselves with pre-snap penalties like they have all year long and, and stalled promising drives. If they take a deep shot, it has to connect, uh, which is also not something that has gone very well for, for the Bucks offense this year. And if the defense has an opportunity to take the ball away, it has to happen. They got an interception last week against the Titans, but they dropped three interceptions. You can't do that against the 49ers. You can't give them a second life on, on these possessions. If you can take the ball away, you have to. And the Bucs have been one of the best teams in the NFL this year in turnover differential. But against the 49ers, you can't squander those opportunities. So if they can combine the offense that they had against Houston or New Orleans with the defense that played last week against the Titans or even against the New Orleans Saints, they actually have a chance. And, and we've talked a little bit about that game last year in San Francisco. In that game, the Buccaneers were missing Tristan Wirfs, Mike Edwards, Sean Murphy Bunting, Shaq Barrett, Antoine Winfield Jr. Vita Vea got hurt four plays in. Jamel Dean left the game with an injury. So it's not going to be as decisive uh, of a blowout as it was last year when, when the Bucs are missing that many key players going up against against the 49ers. That's not happening this year. So you know, I'm not saying that it can't be a blowout, but they're not relying on second and third stringers. They're not relying on practice squad guys the way that they had to last year. So if the Bucs can play a complete complimentary game combined with maybe that outside chance that we talked about that San Francisco is looking a little bit ahead to that three-game stretch that they have starting on Thursday, the Bucs stand a, a, a small, small chance. I've got it 24-13 49ers. And which is a half a point off of that 11 and a half uh, line right now, looking at FanDuel. Um, and the path for the 49ers is don't get down early. They, they've been amazing front runners this year and they want to bully you and they want to be able to use all of their arsenal on offense and, and have the lead and then lean on you with the lead and then come get you, make you one dimensional with the pass rush. Right. Uh, that is the MO. That's what they want to do. That's what they've done amazingly in all of their wins. And they've dominated most of those football games. And in their losses, they've gotten down early. So um, for the for the Bucks, I think it would be, yeah, you get get up early on the 49ers and try to make them one-dimensional and see if you can force Purdy into some mistakes because uh, that, that seems like the real path for the 49ers because when they're playing that complementary brand of football and they have a lead and they've done really well getting getting points on, on opening drives this season, then it just makes it that much more difficult for their opponents. So uh, that's what I'm looking at for the 49ers. I like the Niners in this one. I've got them by 11. So you still might want to sneak in and get that number, especially if it creeps up over 11 and a half, because people really like betting on the 49ers this year, even after their three game skid, James, the Niners were still the third highest team with six to one odds at, at FanDuel to win the Super Bowl. Like that didn't even drop. I was expecting to get a better number and it didn't really go anywhere. Like everyone's just betting on the 49ers, which is why the lines are so big every week. So maybe you get an extra bonus. Maybe that half a point will come into play. Uh, final predictions for you, James. Yeah, I I can't pull the trigger on the Bucks to get the upset, even if they play a perfect game, even if San Francisco is looking ahead. I still think that, that San Francisco is obviously the better football team, and that's going to show up in the end. The Buccaneers are allergic to getting an early lead, so oh, the no. 49ers are probably going to be playing uh, from a, a – position of power through through most of the game but i do have it much closer than you do i've given the bucks an extra touchdown so i have the 49ers winning 24 to 20 
There you go. Can't wait. Week 11, 49ers, Buccaneers. Uh, always a pleasure chatting with you, James. You guys can find James every day doing Locked On Buccaneers on Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. Uh, Brian Peacock here of Locked On 49ers at BD Peacock. And check out the Peacock and Williamson show, breaking down the entire league also daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts.